lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to episode number 144 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, June the 11th, 2022, and my name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank Mark, Michael, and Matthew Cook, co-founders of TAG, for joining us last Tuesday for episode number two of this reveal series. Tomorrow on Collectible Live, my guest will be Tony Giese, consignment director at Heritage Auctions, and we will be going live tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. On Thursday, Adam Gray and Jesse Craig, both of PWCC, will join me for the PWCC June premiere auction extended bidding coverage. Always a very fun show. Be sure to join us. And next Saturday will be episode number four of the Tag Reveal, and they will be unveiling their automated grading system. You certainly do not want to miss that. I would like to shout out the Center Stage app. Download their app for in-store Download their, download their app in the App Store for quick comps, whether you are strolling through card shows or pricing your cards if you are a vendor. The app is continuously improving, so please join me in supporting these hobbypreneurs as they endeavor to make the hobby better than it already is. Also, shout out to channel sponsor Pristine Auction. PristineAuction.com is one of the most trusted sports memorabilia and collectibles auction sites. Auctions on PristineAuction.com start at just $1 each day, and there are thousands of autographed items available. They also sell thousands of sports cards, starting with no reserves in their weekly sports card auction, which runs from Sunday to Sunday and has everything from vintage to ultra-modern, including raw and graded singles and wax. Head over to pristineauction.com and use code SCL for Sports Cards Live when you register to get $10 off of your first purchase. And shout out to the hobby's middleman service, TradeSafe, your risk-free alternative for trades and buy-sells from any peer-to-peer social media platform or marketplace. TradeSafe has created a team, a process, and a service that makes remote dealing much safer than ever before. It is now fully digital, and the website just completely relaunched yesterday is easier to use than ever before. Check out TradeSafeHub.com. I want to thank all of you subscribers, all of you podcast listeners, all of the viewers. If you're not yet subscribed to this channel, please take a moment and do so. All right, let's get to tonight's guest, one of whom you met last Tuesday. The other is joining us for the first time. We have Matthew Cook from LA, California, and Steve Cass will be joining as well. And we will also have Greg Harrison from Seattle, Washington. Here we have Steve and Matthew. We will start with you guys, Steve. I believe you wanted to open with a few comments, but I'm going to put it over to you and uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, nice to be here again. Um, the bar has been set pretty high for me because of episode two with the three M's, and uh, I thank them for that. Um, thank you again for the opportunity for us to do the tag reveal on SCL. Uh, all of us collectively and individually think that you've done a great job. We think the questions have been exploring. Uh, we think your opinions have been well-founded and valuable, appropriate. 
And we also think the questions and, and responses that we were able to give to the audience were fruitful efforts. Uh, and we appreciate the fact that everyone worked to stay within the, the context of the subject at hand. Um, we have received hundreds, literally hundreds of emails and supporting communications. And it means a lot to us, each of us that, that have been working at TED. And I would love to be able to respond to all the uh, communications that we've received. But to be honest, the overwhelming majority of them are positive and it takes a lot of time uh, to respond individually. So I wanna thank all the people that have offered their positive responses and support for what we're doing. There's also obviously, uh, and to be expected, negative comments, and many of them are comments that we feel when we deal with the topics that they present, uh, we will um, respond to. But I do wanna make sure everybody understands that we, we want to respond to every negative comment. The negative comments are very important to us. And we are asking the people who have a negative comment just to send us their name, their email address, and tell us in writing that uh, we can respond to the uh, comment and use their name and comment on our website to show the, the uh, comment that was made and the response. And we're more than happy to do that, um, but we don't wanna get into the business of answering negative comments that nobody associates themselves with. Um, I do wanna specifically mention that there was a comment I ran into somewhere about the 200 card study that I referenced. And the comment was basically that uh, the validity of the study was put into doubt because the person who asked the question commented that when we did the 200 cards the second time, we had culled out 50 cards, uh, if you recall, for the trimming test. And the commentator who had the negative thought stated that because we didn't grade the 150 cards the second time uh, with the grading companies that the results weren't valid. So I went back and looked at the video and actually confirmed that I did say that the 150 cards went to each of the uh, three grading companies. And I apologize if I didn't say it clearly enough. So um, I don't attribute that comment to anything negative. I think the comment makes sense if you did not understand that the 150 cards were resubmitted to the grading companies. Um, I think I also may have misstated something about TAG's interest in profit. What I said was that at the time that I, you had asked me about the start of TAG and where the vision came from, and I said that I had no interest in the time at profit potential, uh, the opportunity to make money, that was not a driving factor for me. and. Uh, I received a comment from somebody saying that since I wasn't interested in profit, we'd probably be willing to grade the cards for free or $5. And I wanted to correct that because I probably misspoke. I was saying that profit was not the incentive for me to go into this business, but profit's very important to the company right now. But it's, it's important for varying reasons. And I want to make sure that everybody understands the reasons. Uh, we have a very strong commitment uh, to providing some of our profits to philanthropy. I would not be in business ever if that was not the case. We also want to include some of our profits in a profit um, 
sharing plan for all non-management, all the employees. I think everybody who contributes to the company's success should benefit from that success. And so they should all have an interest in the profit of the company. I also want to, um, am willing to reduce our profitability by making sure that management has a very well-earned and, and uh, reflective bonus plan uh, for achieving everything that they're expected to do. And lastly, I wanna make sure that we have a profit sharing plan for submitters. Only if we can develop a plan that allows us to believe that the money they make from TAG will be re reinvested in the growth of the hobby. So profits are not just intended to be for the benefit of the founders of the company or investors. Uh, more, more generally stated, we want to invest in the company culture. We want to increase the employee benefits. We want to expand the number of cards that we grade and the type of cards that we grade and other collectibles that we intend to grade. We want to develop and add new revenue streams to the company. We want to develop new and innovative software and hardware advancements. We want to expand the grading and other services throughout North America and the international markets. We think that is all of benefit to the hobby, creating more demand for cards, and that in turn creates higher pricing. And the money that's left from doing that will be the pool of money from which distributions to the founders and, and investors will be made. So I wanted to clear up the issue of, of our desire to be profitable. Um, I also wanted to mention how appreciative I am of the three M's, Matt, uh, Michael, and Mark on the episode two presentation. Um, it's important for me to let the viewers know that our management team is very capable, very hardworking, and they're also cross-trained in every area of the business. And they're also cross-trained in our technology, its development and its use. So tonight in episode three, Matt's going to present the digital image and grading report. It was a tough decision because we have six people in-house who could do tonight's episode. Why Matt? Matt won't say this, so that's why I'm saying it. Uh, there is a part of that digital image and grading report that was Matt's vision. And I want to be sure that Matt gets recognized for that. And so when that part of the digital image and grading report comes up, if Matt doesn't highlight that it was his vision to do that, I will. But I want everybody to know uh, that is a one of the singular uh, contributions that all of our people make. But in this particular case, uh, I attribute this to Matt. Um, Greg uh, is the CTO of Deblock Technologies. He's here, of course, he'll answer some questions about the output and the detail image and grading report. He's been with us for approximately three years, uh, operating as a chief engineer for us in the development of the uh, tag grading system and ancillary uh, technologies. Um, last week, a comment was made about, uh, in a question asked of uh, the three M's about their passion and how it started and got into the grading business. And if you recall, they talked about having had a passion for music and uh, that it was a, a shared passion and ultimately the passion for cards won out and to tags benefit. Uh, this is where their passion lies. So I dug this out. I wanted to show everybody. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, this is an album. Um, they started with the company in 2014, 15. 
this album is from 2014 and this is Capitol Records. They'd already been on tour. So some people say, oh, I gave up one passion and I took on another. This is people giving up a passion that was a dream. You can see the age. Uh, matter of fact, you can see the age that that dream started on this. So when these guys say, I had a passion for music and I gave up that passion for tag, it means something. It means a lot. They were riding high and they had that dream from childhood. So I wanted everybody to appreciate what we all know here uh, with respect to the three M's and their commitment. Um, I also made a comment that's come back to me uh, in somewhat of a haunting way. Uh, and it wouldn't be part of tonight's presentation, but it merits being addressed, I think. I said um, two weeks ago, 10 days ago, um, that we don't hire graders, that uh, we don't need graders. And unfortunately, I was not clear. We don't hire graders to grade cards. We do hire people with grading expertise, grading expertise for verification of things that the system generates, but not to uh, put any input into the scoring, attribute scoring or the card grading. That's 100% objective. Um, because some people have commented, well, you mean you don't even check on the system? Of course we do. We have five Q&A places within our process from order submission to image capture, um, the printing, uh, the slabbing, shipping, overall camera work of uh, maintaining images of all cards, a lot of quality assurance. I just wanted to make sure that was uh, expressed. Um, tonight, we're going to discuss the uh, detailed image and grading report. Um, this is really, I think, a nice contribution to the industry. And I expect it to uh, uh, be received positively. Um, and I'm open to any comments about uh, it, that the output of this system provides. And, and hopefully we can deal with that, especially with Greg here. Um, I believe that this, this DIG, that we call it the DIG report, uh, is so advanced, it's, it's so superior to any feature out there that alleges to be able to offer grading transparency, um, that it's very representative of uh, our system's capabilities. Uh, and it needs to be looked at as something that's unique and new and, and a contribution to the hobby. Um, it enables anybody who's interested in a card graded by TAG not to just be told why the card has that grade, but to actually see with complete transparency what the basis is for that grade. So when you see that, please, if you would, keep that in mind. Um, the... Um, I had one. Oh, I also wanted to mention that um, uh, the we've had very uh, a huge number of, of inquiries and responses and communications, and uh, a couple of those are of an international variety. Uh, investors from uh, North America, Asia, uh, in addition to the ones we've previously received. This is new people, and the comments have been so. Um, 
supportive and, and they've been so generous with their, their uh, willingness to uh, let us know what they think of what we're doing. I wanted to just give a shout out to those people and say thank you. Um, I think, I think I had mentioned last time, one last thing, I think I mentioned last time that I had three passions uh, and have three passions in life. And uh, one of them, of course, is my family. Uh, the other one is cards and, and the collecting or hobbying of, of cards. And I said the third one was the city of hope. And those have not changed. That is correct. But shortly after I made that comment and the show ended, my former wife uh, and best friend uh, called me and said, I can't believe that you mentioned Jason, my son, uh, and, uh, and your sister, and you didn't mention me. And she's absolutely right. And so, Diane, I want to apologize to you. And I could not have any passion for family that does not include you. So uh, please accept my apologies. And publicly, I want to acknowledge I made that very, very serious mistake. So I'm going to toss it over to Matt uh, and, and Greg. I'm going to sit on the sidelines here if something comes up. But uh, thank everybody for their continued support. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And Jeremy, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you bet, Steve. And thank you for, uh, I, I think it's a great, that's the nice thing about doing these live shows is that, uh, you know, we're, especially when we're doing this series of five episodes that, uh, that, you know, we can offer Steve the ability and the opportunity to come back on and clarify anything and respond to some of the feedback that you've received. So I'm glad you took that opportunity, Steve. Okay. Let's get on with the program. Lots of comments coming in, everybody. Thanks for joining. Jordan Hudson, it's called the, they called the DIG report, Digital Image and Grading Report. So that's what that is. I just, I see your comments there. But uh, I want to say to you, Matt, again, great to have you back. Great job uh, on Tuesday with, with your brothers, uh, Mark and, um, and Michael. And I want to bring, I'm going to bring out Greg right now. Greg, this is Greg Harrison. Greg, welcome to the show for the first time. You're in Seattle, Washington. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks for having me on board, uh, Jeremy. And by the way, shout out to your intro uh, uh, piece. It's got a nice beat. <laughs> I appreciate that. We'll, we'll tell my friend Sean Cates from Victory Investments that you that you like uh, what, what he, the beats that he laid down there. I think that's how the cool kids might say it these days. So Nicely as done. Steve mentioned, today's episode is episode number three of The Reveal. And we're going to be going over the digital image and grading report, as they call it in-house, the DIG report. Uh, before we uh, before we get on with that, again, thank you, Steve, for your comments. Greg, I do want to take an opportunity to get to know you a little bit first and ask you, you know, how did you come to be involved with TAG? And you can you please define your role for, for uh, the audience? Yeah, maybe last one first. Uh, my role is uh, one of lead architect for the TAG project. Um, I came into the project, as, uh, as Steve mentioned, I'm the CTO. Even though I'm the CTO, really my day-to-day my, my -day role for uh, DevBlock Technologies as a consultancy um, agency uh, is lead architect, right? So I work with clients to help develop their business and technical requirements and turn those into both a business and technical vision and then a roadmap to uh, and an architecture to build out that solution. And uh, yeah, roughly, you know, just going on three years ago, it's amazing how the time flies, but um, and it's amazing to see all of this culminate into where we are today and seeing this come to fruition um, and, and almost ready to hit the market. Uh, but um, 
you know, I met Steve and the team. Uh, we hosted them up here in a meeting in Seattle, uh, learned about their vision and their passion in this industry. And uh, I was hooked immediately, right? Um, you know, I'm a person who, whenever we have these client meetings, I'll, I'll take that night and I'll do deep dive on the industry and challenges in the marketplace and um, all of the things that, that they spoke to in terms of things they'd like to solve for in the industry and how they'd like to bring value to the industry. These were all things that I got very excited about, even though, um, you know, I myself, uh, you know, I was not at that time an active collector, right? I understood the marketplace. I've spent a lot of time in various marketplaces and, um, you know, do, do very well about PSA and the, and the card grading method. What I didn't know, you know, were about, you know, the details of many of the challenges, um, you know, that the, 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 um, Steve and the team brought to bear, including, you know, I hope at some point, um, you know, um, Steve's uh, studies come to light because those were very enlightening. But, um, you know, we'll give him all the opportunity to continue to reference those. But, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, my role was essentially lead architect. I got introduced when they approached us uh, to help them form the vision and, and try to see about taking the solution to market. So for the past three years, has this been pretty much what you've been spending 100% of your time on? 100% of my time, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Um, it's been, uh, it's you know, I've I've had other companies. I've I've founded companies, sold companies. Um, this is very much a traditional startup and uh, a very tight relationship with uh, Steve and the brothers and Scott, who we'll talk to more, uh, especially in the next episode. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a very close team, right? And it's been, you know, I, it's, like I said, it's hard to believe three years have transpired, but, um, we've done a lot of work in, in that period of time. And when you say we, can I ask do you, you have a team that has worked with you for the past three years. It's not you alone. Yeah. Yeah. I am kind of the, the tip of the spear, so to speak, right. Um, in the lead architect role, um, I've got a, a small army of people behind me, right? Um, you know, I'd give a shout out to one of my uh, co-technical architects, Yoy Vino, right? He is also with the Deblock team. Uh, we have a number of other people that have participated heavily in this project. Uh, Gary as our uh, lead PM in the U.S. And then we have an offshore team that we've worked with um, for many years. And, uh, you know, they do, they're not responsible for some of the more technical detail, right? But they're they're responsible for building out website content, you know, the web application, the uh, order management system, these types of things, you know, where it's um, you know React front end, Node.js back end, the types of technologies that you build website and web applications with, that's their bread and butter. And uh, you know, the territory uh, in terms of you know creating and modeling and implementing advanced mathematical models and algorithms around the types of things that we do in the card grading system. You know, that's Yoy and I's bread and butter. I have two more questions for you before we we go back to Matt and get into the the digital image and grading report. One is, you're, uh, you've mentioned the company that you work with is called DevBlock. What other mm -hmm. what other sort of work does DevBlock do? I'm trying to really mm -hmm. gain. Uh, I want the the hobby to understand who is behind this mm -hmm. uh, the tech and, and that Tag has uh, is going to be rolling out. Yeah, it's a good question. So, um, you know, we're based in Seattle. Uh, we are, you know, I would say we're a technical and business consultancy, right? Um, you know, our our historical client base is one where we will take, you know, greenfield concepts from business to execution, right? And that will include, in many times, uh, not just translating directly to technical requirements, but this a lot of times, um, 
you know, our team, um, you know, we've got hundreds of combined years of business experience, right, in our team, uh, from fundraising, right, to, um, you know, building a business plan, to executing, to building companies, selling companies. And so we built, you know, we provide a, a series of services to our clients. And, um, you know, we do all sorts of projects. We've, we've done a lot of healthcare. Um, I designed and implemented uh, um, a a uh, 911 operation system, right, for um, Snohomish County here in in state of Washington. Um, all sorts of um, interesting technical projects where, you know, we help the client um, establish a clear vision, refine that vision, and bring it to market. Thank you for wow. asking. Yeah, no, I appreciate. It. I, I think it's really, I think it's great context there. And then the other question I want to know is because you mentioned that you weren't too familiar with the hobby. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever been a collector? Uh, not not actively trading. I tell you though, in the three years, um, now that I <laughs> believe me, understanding inside and outs of what a perfect card is, uh, I don't think there's probably anybody other than my partner Scott who we'll talk to and and spend more time with, um, you know, in the next podcast uh, in terms of understanding really the nitty gritty of of what a perfect card looks like, right? Um, to me, that's where it gets me. It hooks me, right? Kind of the the take it apart, put it all back together kind of aspect of my personality, which is, you know, really understanding, you know, what drives a card grade um, and and how come that hasn't been consistent and repeatable. Um, those are problems that got me engaged more so, f you know, rather than from the collector side bringing me into it. Um, I was, you know, what really engaged me was the sense of let's solve this problem, right? I couldn't believe, you know, the, the, this this multi-billion-dollar marketplace, right, um, existed in a state where people would just resubmit cards until they got the grade that they wanted, right? Um, and you know, um, that sounds crazy, I, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so there there are a lot of technologies that we've developed that I'm really excited about. Our fingerprinting technology, our you know, um, defect uh, detection systems, um, all aspects of our measurement system, the grading system. It's a piece of, I mean, it's a, it's an artwork, right? I mean, it's a, it's an amazing scaffolding for how to put the, the thousands of data points that we collect, right, from objective measurement capture, right, to an ultimate grade. And, um, you know, my hat goes off, Steve. Uh, you know, we got to give Scott a shout out at some point because, you know, although I may be the technical architect, um, you know, Scott has been tremendous in the process of, you know, translating all of this hard data um, into how it becomes a grade. Yeah, I, I appreciate you uh, shouting out Scott. And uh, I think it's important that the that the audience knows that, uh, that it was a collaborative effort between uh, yourself, the tech, the tech, the lead architect behind mm -hmm. the system, and mm -hmm. Scott, a very experienced uh, sports card hobby veteran and uh with years of experience working in card grading for mm -hmm. a uh, for a major card grading company so i think that that's very important and uh meeting scott myself i have the utmost respect for his ability uh to and the, just in the conversations we've had around a card and condition and different the importance of different things within the cards condition the different the various elements and attributes um i know that he he knows what he's talking about and he he understands how the hobby uh, looks at cards and their condition. And now you're the person who takes these concepts and makes it into an automated 
grading system. For people who may have joined us a little bit late, where we've doubled our viewership in the last six minutes or so. So a uh, bunch of you who, who just got here, uh, welcome to the show. This is Greg Harrison from DevBlock, who is the who is the CTO of TAG and the lead architect on the TAG automated grading system. Um, the last thing I'm going to ask you, Greg, is outside of, I want to ask you, what have you learned about the hobby in these last three years that you've been working on the, the system? What have you, outside of what makes a perfect card and outside of what the hobby is interested in, in far as condition, what have you learned about the overall hobby uh, that, that, that we might find interesting? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think um, I, the thing that I feel really compelled, I think that the, the most compelling thing for me is, you know, and it stands out, you've already seen uh, the uh, slabbed card, right? To me, um, a, a highly valued card is something that I want to be able to showcase in my trophy case, right? So to me, as a lay, as a lay person initially, Right, I was amazed by just the aesthetics of slab cards coming into this, and you know everybody on the team brought a little bit something different to this uh, project. And Matthew, right, as we talked about earlier, right, um, you know plays his part as as much as we probably don't talk about it enough. He's not only a great attention to detail guy, but he also has a great designer's eye, right. And um, you know I know it was a team effort to put the slab together. That to me, right. Um, it, the thing that was most shocking to me was um, how much we can improve the showcase capability of a highly valued card, right? And I think, you know, the methodology, the detailed reporting, right? Can you dig it, right? The dig, you know, the, the grading report um, and all the things that we're bringing to market are going to, you know, definitely increase the collectible value, right? Of these individual cards and as a, as a collector, Right, uh, you know the universe of, of cards that I have in my collection, and um, so from from my perspective, the the insight is, you know, I I can't wait to see how the market, you know, obs observes, right, and and embraces you know what the team has done here because, you know, the 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 highest value cards that I've seen in the types of slabs with the great with the supporting objective, completely transparent grading data. Right to me can't do anything but lift the value, right, of those cards even more. All right. Well, I appreciate those. It's it's always nice to hear uh, opinions and thoughts on and perspectives on our hobby from somebody who isn't isn't a lifer like myself, <laughs> but has been uh, immersed in it for such a long period of time with a very with a very focused direction and initiative. Uh, the project you've been working on. So I appreciate those insights. I think it's. I think sometimes us as hobbyists, we we feel like we we know exactly what the hobby is and what it needs and what it doesn't need and what's good and what's bad for it. Sometimes it's good to hear. And uh, and I don't mean to call you an outsider, but a, a new cider, someone mm -hmm. if that's a word, someone new coming in. And what do you, especially after immersing yourself, what what you think and feel about the hobby? Okay, well, thanks for that, Greg, and uh, great to get to know you and and to see you again. I think I saw you last time. Would have been in uh, in early March for a few mm -hmm. minutes when I was uh, at the uh, the tag facility and we you uh, were zoomed in and we got to have a nice discussion. So good to see you again. And uh, you. you'll you'll hang out with us and we'll be jumping in as we go through some things. Before I go back to Matt, we're gonna go to the crowd. We're gonna say hello to some of the people that are here and maybe bring a couple comments up quickly. And uh, let's do that. Brian Adams, welcome to you to the show. We've got Baz here. Welcome to the show. Christine Heward is here. Rocco Rosado says. 
Good evening. Let's play a game of tag with Jeremy and Team Tag. Good to have you as always, Rocco. Jeff McMahon. Yeah, I'm feeling better. I'm still not 100%, but I appreciate it. Wiz Collectibles is back. Good to see a teapot in the house. What is going on, my man? Luke, uh, pretty tight hockey game going on. I saw that, uh, I just noticed that the Rangers tied it up 1-1, and then like less than 20 seconds later, Tampa Bay scored again. I believe it's 2-1 Tampa, and I just, uh, I think they're going to win the cup. Uh, so anyway, that could be controversial mm. comment. We'll see what you guys think. Good evening, Albert. Good evening, Fax Sakes. Good to see you. Sadly, it's, it feels like Tampa's night. TG, TCG Stock says, I heart tag. Nice to have you. And tag is in the comments. But, and they will be. I'm not sure who that is, but someone uh, from tag is in the comments and can address some of the questions that you guys may have. Richard, great to have you. Thank you for being here. Daniel Busby says, I wanted to tell you, I started watching hockey. I love these high-scoring games. Do you believe the league is telling the players to play less defense? I do not think the league is telling <laughs> the players to play less defense, Daniel, but good to have you. Game Time Gallery says, kudos to Tag. There is always room in this hobby for innovation. Right on Game Time. Steve Foley, great to have you. Skeppy is here for episode number three. Jim is here, says, reminds everybody, don't forget to click that like button. I appreciate that, Jim. Wiz Collectible says the passion and enthusiasm the tag team has shown in these episodes is second to none. Can't wait to see how the grading process works. Again, that is next Saturday, episode four. This we're calling this the output episode. That will be the input episode. And I think, uh, Victor, your comment coming up will be addressed next Saturday. Uh, what else do we have here from all of you guys? Uh, tag clarifies that, as Steve mentioned, the DIG report is the digital image and grading report. That is just the simple acronym that they use in-house. Dylan Byrne, love the product, must have a really solid technical team behind the database construction. You know, let's hold right there and just ask you, Greg, hmm. is there was is there a database constructed uh, to support hmm. all of this? Uh, if you want to just address that quickly. Uh, yeah, a little bit of an understatement. Um, so the... the we gather thousands of data points for every card as a part of uh, the digital capture and measurement system. And yeah, there is no shortage of, uh, you know, broad database schema coverage on the on the data that we collect. And most importantly, how that data is then, um, you know, structured in a way that can be easily reported on. And um, we took some great pains to make sure that we could architect the um, schema um, and the data so that, um, the OMS, the order management system and the UI and the population report, everything you're gonna see is really snappy, right? So we're ultimately dealing, you know, I, I've, I've built uh, systems that, that, imp, that take into up to billions of records uh, per day, right? Uh, in my prior uh, work at Comscore, this is similarly architected, right? To effectively, although maybe not a billions of records per day, but um, be architected to store um, and scale right uh to hundreds of millions of uh of records over the course of time so thank you for that appreciate it studio sports welcome to the show hope you have a great weekend as well this the break says are your slabs already out in the market <laughs> i think the answer at today is simply no but we will be addressing everything that's coming in episode five which is called the future for tag uh, Eric Sanderson to or says, Greg just nailed the problem with grading in a nutshell. People just keep submitting their cards until they get the grade they want. And this is something that you hear of over there's been people that people make a, have made a living doing that. And, uh, it just, I think the tag solves for that. Uh, Victor. Yeah, we will. He, you're asking with so much, so many points, sorry, with, so with this mm -hmm. many points of inspection, 
Are there parameters with so much attention to detail? How does one have a chance of getting a 10? That That's a great, actually, we're going to address that a little bit later today, uh, a, a, a portion of that, Victor. So please do hang tight. Uh, Bink Scott, so hard to break in a third party grading. Wishing the best of luck to these guys. Very nice. Justin Vick says, I saw a Beckett sob on Twitter that was the size of a a, a, man, a manila folder. I saw that too today, actually. That, who knows what that was? Uh, Tampa goes ahead. Very good. Facebook user, not sure who that is. But if anyone is on Facebook, you can go to streamyard.com slash Facebook and click the big blue button and it'll show me your name. Hello, Jeremy S. And Justin Vick says it's Saturday night and I'm geeking out over Pop Reports, baby. Hello, Dumbledore and hello, Rod. And okay, with all of that, and again, welcome everybody to the show. We're already 36 minutes in and I feel like we're just getting started. Matt, I'm going to turn it over to you. Reminder, you are on mute. If you would like to uh, sort of just jump in and uh, let me know how, where you want to start. Sure. Um, just maybe for any new viewers, maybe just to throw up on the screen quickly. Um, here's an example of what our slab looks like. It's completely transparent. Um, all of the data is UV cured on the acrylic itself. Um, and then as we'll go into later in the episode, um, at any point when somebody wants to get all of the digital imaging and grading report that we provide for free with every card graded, all they have to do is scan the tag grade and then it'll take them to the grading report that I'll show shortly. So for anybody who hasn't seen, this is also available in more detail at taggrading.com. And also guys, you can follow them on Instagram. It's on the ticker right now, their website and their Instagram handle. Back to you, Matt. Great, so um, <clears throat> you wanna, we can jump into uh, the pop report and I can sort of walk through and here's a, yep, here it is up on the screen now. And so I just wanted to, basically what we did was we had an isolated instance. Uh, this was an order of 41 cards. Um, that Steve might wanna to speak to this more, but the nature of what we're showing is because we're not showing the totality of the pop report for when we officially start grading, um, we are pulling some segregated data just to basically show the viewers. So for the illust for illustrative purposes today, I think that's, that's fine and, and clear and thank you for clarifying. Okay. So in this example, we have a total of 41 baseball cards graded a heaping 41. Um, and, uh, so we're just going to sort of drill into it. I think most people are familiar with the, the basic layout of the pop report. We have the number of sets, um, and the total graded, and then we have the year. So if we go into, uh, 2020, you can see right away, one of the, um, things that we did to sort of make things simpler is we have a bar chart up at the top. So you can quickly get a glance by the industry standard grade, um, at where, cards are commonly being graded. So you can see for, for baseball sets, we have um, hover over this and you get a percentage. 55% of them have come out nines, 17, and then we have 39%, 12. So it's just kind of a nice way to be able to quickly get a glance at where the spread's falling. Could I? Sure. One thing that uh, is interesting, this is not a statistically valid sample of 41 cards, although it is a an order that we received of 41 cards that we did not pre-select. But uh, this would show that uh, the uh, 
this card grades more often a nine than a 10 and, and would tell the ratio between those two. But as you go through the cards, I think it would be important uh, for people to go into other population reports and compare those percentages and determine for yourself whether or not TAG is consistent with the industry grading standard or trying to ask you, the submitter, to accept some new standard. So I believe you'll see that it is as, as readily available, a 10, as readily available on TAG's grading system uh, as it is anywhere else. Thanks, Steve. Go back to you then, uh, Matt. Sure. So um, I'm just going to keep drilling down a little bit. So if we go into Topps Chrome, um, we have, and here, let me spread this out a little further. I think, there we go. Okay. So you can see um, here we have a bunch of uh, Louis Robert cards that um, have been graded. And if we go, if we drill down into a specific refractor, um, say here, we can see the grade. This is the what we call the card view. So one thing that I'm going to step back for a second. One thing that's unique about ours is not only do we show how many of that card there are, we will show specifically what those grades are. So if you click on this, you have the picture of this card, the Louis Robert here all the details and then we can see there's been two graded of this exact card and we can see what the exact grades are of each of them. We have the tag grade here. There was a 910, which came out industry standard grade as a nine mint. There was an 887, which was also nine mint. And then one of my favorite things that really gets me excited about this is because we grade on a thousand point scale, we have this ability to create a leaderboard in a ranking system. So you can rank by grade. This is the highest, rated card. Um, this is the second highest. And because there are only two and they're both nine mint, um, these are one and two. Um, and the overall card rank is also one and two. But say we had an eight here, this would be the highest eight. So the rank would be one. So it's nice because you could always know, oh, I have the highest eight graded. I have the highest nine graded. I have the highest 10 gem mint. I have the highest 10 pristine. So at any time, you can check the, the rank by grade and your overall card rank. Um, we also have the date that it was graded, and that translates directly into a new feature we call chronology. So this we like a lot because for many reasons, but one of the things that we think is cool is, is to be able to say that you were the first person to, to get a card graded. Um, so we have an overall chronology and then again a chronology by grade similar um, sort of uh, logic as the, the ranking system. We have the cert number, and then I kind of skipped over, but we also have a, uh, we call this the geopop function. So we track where all of the cards have been submitted from so that we can start to create this sort of um, data sprawl. Um, and we really like this because um, in particular, I think Steve will discuss it in episode five, but for the future, when we're planning on integrating the pod system, we can send our technology to those locations that are submitting a lot of cards. So this, this becomes, I think, a very interesting aspect to see where cards are coming from. Um, another thing is we have this filter. So if you wanted to say this had you know 10,000 cards in it, we could filter this and just be able to look at you know, all the sevens that were graded. There's no sevens currently but um, we have the, the nines. 
So um, that's a little glimpse of the pop report drilling down. Um, and then here's the real unique feature, which is getting into the grading report. So when you go to, for example, this specific 910, and you want to view the grading report for this, you jump over, and this takes us to the grading report. So here we see your Louis Robert card. That was this the same 910 that was that you see right here. Matt, is this what you is is this next screen that you're showing right here? Is this is this the digital image and grading report? Just to be clear. Yes. <clears throat> so which we which we call the dig sometimes and uh, grading report uh, dig digital imaging grading report. There's been a lot of uh, affectionate terms, but we think dig has a dig into. Yeah, you can really dig into the grades. Um, so, so here we have that card. Um, we have the flip that's mirrored as the same as the um, the actual card itself. Um, the four subgrades, and then um, the feature to be able to zoom in here. This is actually the um, the card uh, completely raw. So this is the view if it's um without annotations which you'll see a little bit later on but we can look in and see in high in high detail what sort of stuff's going on with the card um, how uh, how far in does that magnification go what well, like what x what uh, multiplier 800 percent where you can really see like the print details here these circles um and then um the next feature that we really like here which is really exciting, I think, is this um, photometric stereoscopic imaging. So this is a surface defect transparency slider that we've, that we've integrated, which allows you to see the card the way that the system sees it. So as you scale this down, you'll be able to see this sort of tag x-ray, we like to call it, which really reveals the defects and makes it clear where there is stuff that's wrong, especially when you have like a big scratch on a card or bunch of pits just sort of like removes the curtain, um, so to speak. So um, we'll get more into this and then you can also zoom in with this functionality. Um, but we'll get more into that a little bit um, further down the page. The next thing I want to focus on is um, we have your cert number here. And then we have these three key factors, the population, the card rank and the chronology. Um, and then, oh, Steve just reminded me one thing I forgot was our cert numbers, we're going to offer um, customization here. So say you got your card, you bought it from the national and you wanted to um, submit it and make sure that for your set registry, you want to have every card you've bought at the national start with NAT. We'd be able to have that customizable. Obviously, you can't do something that's already taken, but um, we are integrating that feature. Um, so yeah, so we have these three core pillars of, of data for each card. There's the population as of date, because obviously this is going to change every day. Is that uh, in real, is that, does that change at midnight every night or is it in real time? Greg? Nightly. Yeah, we update, uh, you know, essentially the day's worth of grading data is published to the population report at the uh, end of every day. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, so this says the date there. So if you know if somebody wanted to screenshot this and and showcase their card, it has that data there already for them. Um, and then these fields correlate to the same fields that you saw in the pop report. So you have the rank by grade, overall card rank, 
And then you see here, this is the, the rank by grade and the overall card grade. And then again, just to further explain if, if this is the same right now, because we were looking from a very uh, small sample size, but if we had, you know, 10 of these, this might have, um, I don't know, four and, and total grade of 10. Um, and the hobby really likes to know that information, right? I know we all, even in on eBay, and I'm sorry for jumping in, but I just want to, I just want to make the comment that one of the things I like to see when I see a card for sale that is a graded card, I like to see what the population is and how many are graded higher. And I believe that this box on the far left provides that insight. Mm -hmm. Well said. And then, um, so then the next thing is the card rank. Um, so we have the rank by grade and then the rank overall. Um, to get both of these one would be pretty rare. You'd have to be dealing with a, either a card that's has a very small population or, um, you know, the very high end pristine um, card. So that's that slot. And then the chronology, like I explained before, has to do with when you had it graded. Um, and the date you had it graded is also here because I, I think that's something that a lot of people like to know um, when the card was specifically graded. Yeah, actually, I think for card rank, the only way you could get a one in one at, at first, you'd have to have the first card graded. So the, it, for it to be the highest overall grade, uh, you could get a one. Um, I guess it's theoretically possible yeah. you could do it'd it. Yeah. It'd be tough. It'd be very difficult uh, to do it other than on a first card. And as we scroll down, <clears throat> we make our way into the, the sort of data section. So this is the tag grading summary. So we have the tag grade here. I asked you to acknowledge. Oh, I guess Steve wants me to acknowledge that I had a large input in designing this. <laughs> 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 uh, 910 here we have the, I, I've been envisioning for a long time, like what do I want to see when I have a card graded? And so I've gone through so many different iterations of this and this has been the one that makes me feel confident and um, just feel secure about getting a card graded. It's like I have all the data that I could possibly want. It's laid out in front of me in a way that breaks it down very clearly. And um, I think people will appreciate that, the transparency. So um, yeah, as I was saying, it starts with 910. You get a front and a back grade. So this is 921 and a 909. Then we have the centering breakdown, the corners breakdown, front and back for each, surface front and back for each, edges front and back, and we also have the dimensions, which, as you can see, to the third decimal place, um, pretty accurate. Um, and then as that further breaks down, we have this graph, which actually shows the corner, the detailed corner analysis for each corner and edge. Um, and then also the chart, which on this, we have annotations for where the defects are. So you can see the system here caught a pit up here, caught a scratch over here. Um, we have the centering, looks like this was a 5119 and a 4881, top to bottom, left to right, 4554. Um, <clears throat> we also have the dimensions here, which you also saw up here. So I like, I, let me jump in. I like that you've added dimensions because that's something that I've never seen or heard of being offered back to the customer of, of any grading company. And I think we know that the standard size is two and a half by three and a half inches. And the fact that you're showing that exact 
measurement to three decimal places is uh it's just above and beyond what uh what what the hobby has been conditioned to expect and i think it's going to blow people away that you're providing that thank you for that yeah thank you um yeah I, I, we agree and i think that there's a lot of things we can learn and the system will continue to uh learn in terms of counterfeit detection and things of that nature because of the fact that we can look at the size in such high detail. So um, anyway, all of these icons are clickable. Um, they, they'll automatically navigate you down to the next section. So if we want to go to surface, for instance, um, this is the SFX image, the tag X-ray, um, which you saw up there. However, this one has uh, the annotations marked on it. So if we, if we zoom in, you can see, for example, here, and by the way, if you can zoom using this button, but you can also zoom in with your cursor if you scroll to that area. Um, so if you zoom in here, you can see, looks like it caught, a, looks like a scratch. Um, you can look and can see. You, can you zoom in there a little bit more? I saw some red notation or something there. So I just wanted to identify here that it shows the location here, scratch, and then we can see here, number three, it was a scratch, the location, the region and area. And here's the, um, that's at, at the 800% zoom level. <clears throat> and then actually just to show you, we can slide this surface defect transparency uh, slider and then look at what it looks like on the actual card itself. So you can see it's there, the scratch is there, but I think it, this kind of highlights um, the ability of the system to turn something that you know a human might miss depending upon the grader and really turn it into a uh, quantifiable data point. Um, so that's an example of it catching a scratch. And if I may, mm -hmm. on that particular uh, scratch, so if people don't think the tag system is going to overly penalize cards because of its uh, extreme ability to find defects, uh, the, the front end back scores on this are 958 and 941. So you can see there's virtually no penalty for it. Uh, these particular defects. These are at the lower end of what the system will consider for grading. We see defects below this that are not annotated, and uh, we call those not human observable defects, NHODs. And the system also picks up NHODs, and those, of course, can be used for uh, digital fingerprinting or other things that we are uh, thinking about right now. I, I just want to stop there for a moment because what I'm what I'm hearing with these NHODs or the I think you said non-human observable deficiencies, right? Defect. Or defects. Um, that really that really that really makes me uh, I like it. I like that. And the reason why I like that is because you know there's a there's something to be said for like you know if if I can't see it I don't care. Yet uh, an automated grading system is going to pick up every defect on a card. That a human can't see. So, does that mean, uh, Steve, that really what that that does that bridge the gap between, you know, a collector or investor who says, "Listen, I mean, I, the card is beautiful. I, I my my human eye can't detect that. So, if it's non-human observable, then is the tag system going to award or or i guess i guess penalize the card much less if not at all because of it yet it does still allow you to identify it which i have to think 
comes in very handy when it comes to fingerprinting. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit? I'll take a shot and then we'll kick it to Greg. Um, yes, the system is designed to identify uh, all those defects. Uh, as you get down into the lower spectrum uh, with respect to size, location, uh, you know, the depth, length, whatever uh, of a defect, uh, of course, its impact on uh, a roll-up score or its impact on a card grade becomes so minimal that at some point it, it's virtually non-existent to the grade. But below that, we still have defects that are um, non-human observable defects. And those are defects that uh, are not being annotated by the system to impact on grading, but they are being identified by the image capture so that everybody who wants to will find out what those defects are. Greg, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, I like the the, the new nomenclature, the NHOD. Um, yeah, Jeremy, uh, it's a good question. You know, from our perspective, you can absolutely have a industry standard grading scale 10, right, while having uh, identifiable defects, whether they are human observable or not, right? Very, very slight, for example, very, very, very um, slight scratches or a, a, a very, you know, hardly observable pit probably alone are not going to sway the card off of a 10, right? Um, you know, we've found many cards, right, that will have NHODs, right? But one of the beautiful aspects of the grading system that we've um, implemented here is that we can differentiate, right, and scale, right, uh, the, the defect uh, um, deductions that are applied to a relevant uh, measurement, right, um, so that it's a, it is scoring it appropriately from kind of a, a more traditional, like we said, industry, strand, uh, industry standard grading scale. I might point out that uh, just um, in case anybody asks the questions, one of the things you can kind of faintly make out when Matthew is zooming in out of that image is a green box and uh, white boxes. And so another aspect that we should just mention here is, um, for example, the location of a particular, just like in a standard grading scale environment, right? Um, a defect on the face, right, is going to count as a higher uh, deduction than something, you know, um, off center, right? Um, and so we establish a, a series of zones or regions uh, on the card. And we also identify through facial uh, detection, uh, an area around um, any facial uh, aspects of the card image. And so those areas themselves also uh, factor into the severity of the deduction, as well as the type size, depth, uh, a whole number of factors that determine, you know, how a deduction is actually being applied. Okay, appreciate the insight. Um, Matt, you want to keep on going and going through the, the digital image and grading report from sort of continue from top to bottom as you've been scrolling through? Sure, yeah, and, uh, and before I moved on, I just wanted to show there was also a pit on the front that it detected, which I zoomed in here. And so just wanted to display that defect which you can see is there. Yeah. So, um, and then also we have some stuff on the back. Um, looks like a scratch over here. And I saw another one here. So anyway, um, the, the next section is uh, the front corners. So here's where you can see we, by default, we enable display the uh, measurement annotations. Um, so you can toggle this on and off if you want to see it raw. But um, 
This has a lot of the uh, corner angles highlighted, peculiar, um, as you can see, fray, fill defects, corner surface wear, the, the angle. Um, and you can really go in and drill down into this stuff and, and see various defects and uh, unique aspects of the card. So that's that's here for a, for a front corner. We have back corner, um, and we have the edges. Same thing here. If you were to zoom in, you can explore these annotations. Um, back edges. Um, and then here at the very bottom, we have the uh, slabbed image capture, which has the, the card in its slab itself. And so that's the entirety of the grading report. And I think all of this data available and just providing this to people will, will do a lot for explaining a grade. Um, so that's a little glimpse. And then we also have another um, hockey card that if you want to go through, but sorry, I, did I interrupt you? No, no, I was, no, I'll let you continue on. So this is just another example. I appreciate you, uh, yeah, hockey being my favorite sport to, to watch and collect. I appreciate you uh, bringing a hockey card on to that nice little surprise. Um, yeah, what, 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 what would you like to say about this version of the report, if anything? I just pulled up another one that I thought was interesting to, um, to showcase. Um, this hockey card, uh, we've got a little bit more uh, intensive a grade. It's, it's got an 803, so it got actually got a 796 on the front. Um, looks like there were some corner issues on the front. Um, oh, also surface, yeah. Here we have, oh, looks like there's four pits and a scratch over here. So again, just going through the process, we can sort of dig in here and look. Here are those pits. Oh yeah, look at that. You can see several there. And then um, can toggle this and see how they, oh, there you can see them on the card itself. Right. I saw I saw a comment that came in where somebody said like no one's gonna want to see this level of detail their card and then Troy's collectible says I just love the expanded details of card grading just love it so really everyone's gonna have a different approach and a different opinion and if you if you really don't want to know the condition of your card uh, then may, maybe you don't need to to get into the the digital image and grading report and you can just look at the summary data which is pretty cool too but for people who do care um, this offers so much more information and you know I, I guess some people might say it might be a bit of overkill but uh let's face it uh, up until now we get nothing we get absolutely zero information on why our cards grade the way they do and uh seems to me like tag is saying well that's ridiculous let's let's give all the information so they could have given less information so to say that no one's going to care about this level of detail it's like well so what like that's just a that's just a silly comment because it's uh we're getting so much more information we're just getting all of the information i think all is better than none and if not then that's fine if that's not how you you know that, nothing wrong with that approach either i suppose uh lots of comments coming in here i don't know that i'm going to be able to get to all of them um but i'm gonna we're gonna go through some is that okay with you uh with you matt greg is there anything that you want to jump in with before i go through some comments or even steve yeah, there was one uh, just in response to that comment, Jeremy, about, um, you know, I, put yourself in the place of anybody that's received a card back from a grading vendor, right? And you've looked at that card and you've 
been disgusted or disappointed, right, and dismayed, right? Like you were certain when you submitted that card that it was at least a nine, right, or that it's a pristine ten and it comes back as a seven or an eight, right, or a low nine, right, and you don't have any data points to support that thesis, right? You, that, that finding, right, and um, you know, I, again, we talked about you know from somewhat of a lay system uh, uh, from uh, from a layperson's perspective, right? It seems like one of the biggest frustrations that I would have would be to submit a card, get it back with a grade that I just didn't understand anything about why I would have achieved that grade. Here's your answer, right? You have all the details and more about how you arrived by that particular score. Yeah, I, th I think I think more is always the the better position to take. More information is better than none. And listen, this report is there. The other thing that's interesting is that other people who may be looking to purchase a card from you, if this card is listed on a public marketplace, they can find this report. They may be interested in the detail, even if you are not. A lot of flippers or sellers of cards maybe don't want to know just you know what the defects are of their card, and they don't want their customer to know. That's the opposite of transparency, and I think the hobby needs more transparency, not less. So that's my opinion, Jeremy Lee's opinion. And uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of more information. And if it's too much for you, then don't look at it. You can look at the summary <laughs> data, which is still more than we're ever used to seeing. Um, Lucky K has been asking this question, what magnification is used by the pod to determine the grading? Uh, and I'm going to ask you guys, is that better for episode four when we get into the grading system, which I think it is. So I'm just going to leave it at that. There was another question that came up. Uh, someone had mentioned that, that oh, right here, uh, Jay Wilson says, I want to see this grade bot. I like how people come up <laughs> with their own names for things. I want to see this grade bot in action. What portion of the grading process is AI? What is human interaction? Just thinking throughout what has been the downfall of others. So um, I, I think there's a couple There's a couple things here. I'm going to address them, and then I'm going to ask you guys to clarify for me. Uh, I do like the, I like the term grade bot, Jay Wilson. Mm -hmm. uh, Jay Wilson uses the term AI. And I know from talking to you guys that you guys do not, this is, you guys, uh, actually, Greg, can you, mm -hmm. can you please address the usage of the term AI? Is, that, is it appropriate for what TAG is doing? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, AI is such a unicorn term, uh, and it is used so loosely, right? Um, you know, machine learning is probably a better term, right, to use, right, with respect to how grading systems can be automated and be able to identify and classify, um, you know, aspects of defects and measurement, um, you know, metrics, right, around observed metric, uh, observed measurements. Um, you know, artificial intelligence, right, um, in in today's context, right, um, as it applies to objective classification systems is really a misnomer, right, because that AI is essentially fed human result data, right? So training set data is, is data that is effectively fed to an AI system, a machine learning system, right, for the purposes of, of providing guidance to the AI on how to identify and classify you know, objects, right? Uh, in this, in, you know, in cases like the tag grading system, you know, variants of, of, you know, things of what pits and scratches and print lines and um, all these, you know, various types of defects can uh, manifest, right, um, in the imagery. And so this is all training set data. 
And we continue to collect training set data over the course of time to help continue to feed data into the machine learning system. So when people talk about AI, right, there is no magical unicorn AI system that just observes a card and says, here are defects and here's how they should be scored, right? There is a long history of data collection and training set data that has been used uh, to be fed into the machine learning system for the purposes of helping that, I hate to call it AI, machine learning system, right, uh, to um, be able to class identify and classify, um, you know, observable objects. Okay, see, I think it's really important. It's great to have you here today, Greg, to, mm. who has all, who understands what AI, the term AI means when mm. we as collectors throw that terminology out there and we don't even know what we're talking about, let's face it, right? But I think, I think, uh, I think you do. And I appreciate your, your insight into that. Uh, I'm going to go to a couple of, of uh, comments again here. Um, Ultimate Pastime says, great job, guys. Can't wait to see what the future holds for the industry. Jahan uh, looks like an NBA whiteboard being the, the, the digital image and grading report. Jake Dahls thinks the tech is amazing. Uh, Ultimate Pastime, now people will be able to see why their card received the grade it did, which is amazing. I agree. Jahan says, I tag you guys were smart to keep this quiet for so long. Lots of NDAs, I imagine. Jay Wilson says, this seems similar at a much more technical scale than what uh, TGT is doing. And shout out to though, I'm friends with, uh, you know, Anthony's a great guy and I wish them well. Says this is much more impressive. And Troy says, uh, we get nothing when grading. I prefer finding all the grading details. So looking forward to using tag. There's also been several comments asking about uh, can we see a digital image and grading report for a vintage card as has been discussed and 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 expressed on the last two episodes as of launch uh tag is only grading cards from 2000 forward so we will not see a, a, a digital image and grading report on a vintage card in in the month of june however they have also expressed and correct me if i'm wrong steve or matt that that is something that is coming in the future and they are working on it. It just, I, I believe, and maybe Greg, can you speak at all to, uh, is it, is, do we need, is the technology, does it have to be a little bit different? Um, what can what can you say about that? Or Steve, do you wanna jump in at all? Greg, yeah, before you do, um, I don't know that we're even contemplating grading vintage cards. Uh, vintage cards are uh, prehistoric animals. They are, there's never going to be more of them as they get graded, there will be less of them uh, that are remaining to be graded, uh, spending a lot of money and time to develop technology to, to, to grade an asset that's a disappearing asset. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so it, it's not on the drawing board right now. We do intend to go back from 2000. Uh, we have an idea of how far back, but we're not going back to vintage as of today. Uh, but we are expanding uh, to create more cards to grade by getting into uh, the gaming cards, non-sport trading cards, and other collectibles. Uh, that's where we see the future, not in vintage cards. Okay, I, 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 I guess I misunderstood before, and and um, you know, I'm gonna, you know, as long as we maintain a relationship, I'm gonna, uh, you know, Steve, I'm gonna try to encourage you to go back further, but if it can't be done, it can't be done for whatever reason. I mean, that's something that uh, that will just, hey, that that's fine too. It, it, it One of those is what it is sort of things and um, and we'll we'll adapt and move forward. Anything I, else? I, 
I don't know that it can't be done. My concern today is that I don't believe it can be done to the same accuracy that modern era cards can be done. And I don't want to compromise the integrity of the tag brand by doing vintage cards that will not be graded with the same accuracy, consistency, and reproducibility of what we're doing today. So that's just where I'm at today. Technology changes every day. Guys like Greg uh, figure out solutions to almost anything. Uh, so I don't want to say it's off the table. It's just we see other opportunities today that are more readily available. Greg, anything you'd like to add, or is that yeah, it? sure, yeah, I think he, I think he characterizes it pretty well. We've certainly imaged, right, uh, plenty of um, uh, of older cards. I, it's really about, like he said, it's from a business perspective, it's about opportunity cost, right? What is the market potential for, you know, for the the type and number of cards that would exist, right, in that older population versus newer populations, and looking forward to gaming and other non-sporting cards. Okay. Okay. I think to get a, a reasonable return on investment, uh, spending so much money uh, to develop that technology and staying committed to your belief that every card plays the same, pays the same fee, regardless of its value. That kind of runs against the grain of going out and grading vintage cards that are <laughs> much more valuable cards and would cost much more to grade. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at now, but we'll see. Okay. We'll talk, we'll talk about it on the episode five. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, Lucky K says, Tag, you're not just another grading company. You reinvented it. Kudos. Very nice. Uh, Jay Wilson says, it'll be amazing discovering counterfeit cards. Albert Jones, wouldn't this make people grading cards obsolete? I believe so. Well, especially from the, the range of cards that Tag is going to be grading. Wiz Collectibles agree 100%. More transparency in the hobby. Uh, EY says, how is a foreign substance, for example, lint dealt with? Um, that's, uh, and I, I've seen the solution for that, EY, and let me tell you, it's it's freaking amazing. Pardon my my pretend uh, language there, but uh, the way that they have dealt with that is, um, it, they solved for it. That's what I can say. Uh, anything that you guys would like to mention about that foreign substance? Go ahead, Matthew. Do you want to talk about the deionizing and yeah, well, neg negative, negative air pressure and... Sure, yeah. There, uh, the first measure of defense is we're using um, some medical grade technology, which is uh, deionizing pencils. Um, so we're spraying down with a, a gentle stream the card itself, but also um, all of the materials surrounding the card That's and the tray. Right. Yeah, it's, it's air. Um, that deionizes it, uh, deionizes it, which makes the neutralizes the static electricity and makes it so that dust and various particles like lint don't want to stick. Um, that's the first method of defense. The second one, um, maybe Greg, you want to take with the negative air pressure? Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's mostly about ensuring that there's uh, no introduction of foreign particles and even the few that would exist uh, using the deionizing allows them to be freed up and there's always a filtered negative airflow, right, in the, and you'll see it in the next uh, um, podcast, the actual uh, image capture station. It's an enclosed system right with a negative a filtered negative airflow system to ensure that a contaminants are not you know readily available to enter the system but b if they are they're essentially freed from the card and, and removed as a part of the uh, imaging process awesome so handled i love it i love it uh, richard says i'm surprised so many people are pushing back against more transparency isn't this what everybody's been begging for richard i think some people don't know what they want but i appreciate 
the comment, definitely. JQ says, when will this tag ad be over? Goes on to say, multiple videos on the same sponsorship, WTH, meaning <laughs> what the heck? And uh, there was another comment here from somebody. I think it was Jahan. I can't find it right now. Um, but uh, I just want to make a comment about that. So, and I've been asked, why am I doing this with tag? Well, let me, let me just, let me, we have, we've got over 120 people here. Let me tell you why I'm doing this. And let me tell you, and Steve will, I mean, I'm not being paid to do this. This is not a sponsorship deal. Uh, you know, in February, Steve invited me to their facility in Los Angeles. I went to the facility. I saw what they were doing. They, they opened their, they pulled back the curtain for me and showed me what they were doing. And I was blown away. If you've watched this show, you know, I've been doing the show for over two years now. You know that I'm a pretty passionate hobbyist. The hobby is, uh, you know, besides my family, it's the number one thing in my life. Um, you know, I, I, I put it ahead of my career. Uh, and which it might sound crazy, but it's true. I'm more passionate about the hobby than I am my own career. And, um, and when I saw what they were doing, I, I was just blown away by how I felt. I just felt, I don't know, stupid, misled, like a bit of a fool uh, based on what, what I'd seen in the hobby that was available elsewhere. And it made me want to uh, share the information, but I couldn't. It was, you know, I, I, it was under wraps. They weren't ready to reveal themselves yet. And when they were ready, Steve said, hey, what do you think about doing the reveal on your channel? We respect you. We respect your audience. I said, you know what? I'd be happy to do that because I love what you're doing. The hobby needs to know about it. And I have a great audience for the most part. So, you know, that's what this is. This is, I don't consider this to be a five episode ad uh, for tag. Obviously, I'm getting them some pretty good exposure. And I'm, I'm proud and I thank my audience for being able to do that and for accepting it, those of you that are, and most of you are, but of course there's gonna be a few people who like to, you know, uh, throw, out, throw out unfounded accusations. Um, I also wanna mention something, and Steve, I'm taking a moment now to do what you did at the beginning of the episode, which is <laughs> clarify a few things. I hope you don't mind that I'm kind of following your lead there. Um, I also wanna call myself out. Uh, earlier on in Sports Cards Live, I did an episode talking about AI grading. Of course, I didn't know what AI grading was, and I knew very little about it. But I had a I had a, a guest on the show who had commissioned a, who had commissioned a study by a university in, in the U.S. or maybe in Canada. I don't remember what university it was, but a, a friend of mine who did this, and uh, he had sort of concluded, and they concluded that that like AI grading was impossible. There was no way to capture. The different angles of the card and i said okay I, I guess that's 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 what i know that's what i've been exposed to i'm no expert so i accepted it as truth um but one thing that i'm all i'm just sort of the way i live my life is i'm always open to learning more and i'm going and if if i'm presented with information that i think is important that makes sense and i and can prove wrong a previous theory that i adhered to i'm going to take the new theory or the new perspective and make it my new perspective. So at one point, about two years ago or so, I thought this was impossible. But then I was invited to the facility. I saw the technology. I saw how they solved for foreign particles. I saw how they solved for cards that bow. That's an amazing thing. You guys are <laughs> going to see this stuff next Saturday. And I was so impressed 
with what they have done and so depressed by what the hobby had been, what we were offered in the hobby up until tag that I wanted to do this. This is, I want to do this because I think that it is important for the hobby to see what is possible and that we don't need to just accept what is fed to us. So a couple of things there I want to clarify. If anyone else wants to call me out for uh, running a five episode ad for tag, um, please put a comment and I will simply uh, ban you from my channel permanently. I have no problem doing that if you don't like what I'm doing. I, I that, That's totally fine. I don't need you in my audience. So, and, and for the person who said, um, which was JG said, when will this tag ad be over? JG, you're free to leave. Actually, we're just going to get rid of you right now. And you are no longer able to comment on my channel. Um, okay. And Jahan, you're, you're on the, you're, you're kind of riding the, uh, the wave there yourself. So, uh, please, uh, tone that down. I, I'm not going to tolerate it. And that is my prerogative as this is my content and my YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, at, with all of that said, uh, lots of comments still coming in and, uh, I want to, uh, I want to address more of them. Uh, so I'm just going to start up with this one from Richard it says not every service is for everyone. You guys may collect only vintage. There's just as many collectors, if not more that collect modern. Yeah. Listen, I, I think that what I like about what I like their honesty, I like their transparency. And I like the fact that they're not saying they're going to, that they can do something or going to do something that they're not yet set up to do. How can you not? respect that how can you not respect honesty and 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 sticking to their lane and if they are going to widen that lane when they're able to they will and that'll be an amazing announcement for the hobby so um like if you don't like it if you don't like that i i i, don't, I just don't think i could have a, a real conversation with with you uh wiz collectible says these guys have not only thought of everything they've perfected everything sign me up very nice comment right there uh, let's see what else we have. Albert Jones says the money is in volume. There's enough volume in modern. They don't need vintage. Yeah. And listen, like that's not the, I, I think you're right about that comment, Albert, but it, as a collector, I want tag to be able to do vintage because I would want to give them my cards along with my vintage, my, my modern, my ultra modern. I would, but I like it more that they're not straying into a lane that they're not prepared to get into. Like, how can you, Again, not respect that. Thanks for the comment, Albert Jones. Um, I've, I've, uh, Jay Wilson says, I'm calling you out for your passion, Jeremy. It's infectious. I love it. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Dave says, if you don't like the show, don't watch it. Very, and listen, I don't want to, I don't want to focus on all that stuff anymore. I want to get back to the good stuff that these guys are doing. Jordan Rivers says, I've got so many good cards back and they encapsulated lint or dust. It's so frustrating. That was great to hear you have a way to solve this problem. And is that right? Like, I actually think that when we were talking about that before, I was thinking about, will the system remove foreign substances in terms of capturing the data? That's one thing. Another thing is, will there ever be a foreign substance in the slab? Uh, Matt, can you just address that distinction for a moment, please? Yeah, um, well, the, the ionizing pencil that I spoke to was more of <clears throat> removing the, the particulates from the slab and from the card before it's captured and then before it's slabbed, because we, we actually use it at various parts in the process. But um, as to the photometric stereoscopic 
imaging side of things, um, I mean, I mean, there, there's a difference between something that's sitting on the surface of a card versus, you know, a pit that's an indent. And Greg can explain this better than me, but that's depth perception, something that we're, you know, Greg, <laughs> jump in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's, a, it's all about a system of classification, right, of observation, measurement, and classification. And uh, I, I'd say um, tune in on the next uh, episode to learn more about you know, that system, but um, like it's been said before, we've considered a, a whole host of things, hundreds of things we haven't even talked about or have the time to talk about in terms of how to ensure accurate, you know, observation and grading. And um, I, I can tell you the removal of lint and particulates um, long ago became a, no longer a concern, a solved problem. Okay. Yeah, I add, uh, Jeremy, that, uh... If you try and do too much for anybody, you end up doing much less for everybody. So you have to be true to yourself. You have to know what you do, how you do it. Uh, and you have to be uh, unwilling to accept compromise and how you get there. So uh, opportunities can be great. Uh, and in life, all of us will, if we haven't already, have an opportunity to compromise what we know is right because of the appearance of great gain in the immediate future. And I don't believe that's the way to go through life on anything. So uh, there's a lot of thought that goes into vintage cards or other parts of our business that have great expansion opportunity. Uh, we know who we are. We know who we want to be. That's, that's great to hear, Stephen. I'm going to come to some comments that, that speak to that. Uh, momentarily here. Ultimate Pastime says, keep doing what you're doing and what you believe in. You've seen their, oh, to me, uh, you've seen their technology first and it must be good. I mean, it blew me away. Ultimate Pastime, as as, I, as I've uh, expressed, Brian Adams says, I already love tag. Wayne says, uh, keep the info coming. Thanks for what you do, Jeremy. Thank you, Wayne. I, I greatly appreciate that. Dave says, it's not about honesty, Jeremy. It's about understanding that no vintage means PSA continues to win. Dave, I think you're missing the point almost not completely, but you're 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 to you're totally missing the point. Um, in episode one, I do believe that that it was discussed that uh, Tag is not in business to try and put PSA out of business. I, I think that's an impossible task. PSA's brand is is in trend. It's incumbent in the hobby. Even though I even though I don't love everything they do, I've got several cards in PSA slabs and I'm happy to keep them there. I, you know, that they're, they're great cards. Uh, they're great cards. And, and PSA does a very good job as far as human grading can do. I mean, there, I, I don't know, Steve, do you want to speak to this? And before you do, Steve, I like Richard's balancing things out says beating PSA isn't the end all be all. Um, and Dave says, if you want reports to be robust and meaningful, then it is about beating PSA. I think you're just dead wrong, uh, Dave. He says, otherwise you end up with a few true believers and some folks that like the slabs, i.e. a minor player. And Steve, I'm going to get you, give you a moment to, uh, to address all this, but I like that Richard's coming in, says they're concentrating on building a great grading service. The other stuff will come in time. Being obsessed with PSA gets them nowhere. Uh, which to which Dave says you don't need to be a, you don't have to be obsessed to understand the playing field. With all that said, Steve, I'm going to turn it over to you, and I would like you to put this whole thing to bed if you can for us. Uh, 
You're correct that um, our objective, as I said last or two weeks ago, uh, PSA is not in our vision, either as Beckett, either as SGC. Uh, we welcome their presence and I acknowledged wholeheartedly their contribution to the industry. Uh, our business model is not on the grading side of the business. It's providing services to the buy side uh, who's being asked to pay lofty prices uh, to at least know what they're buying. But that said, um, I've had comments from people saying, you'll be here today and gone tomorrow. Uh, PSA is too large for you and nobody's going to switch from PSA to you. So on the one hand, I say, we're not asking anybody to switch from PSA. But I just want everybody to know that I've received emails from people who are incredibly large submitters to PSA and other grading companies who have indicated to us their interest in doing business with us uh, on a scale that, that may possibly be larger than we even want to do in the near term. So um, I think people who think the marketplace is to us is a, is a lot of small one-off submitters, I think they'll be surprised. Uh, that's all I'll say. I, I, I know they'll be surprised just by the facts that are in front of me today. Well, there are, there's a lot of people, Steve, who I just find in doing this show now for two years, and I've had controversial guests on in the past, and I can certainly do not consider uh, Tag to be a controversial guest. But, uh, but I've, I've, you know, we, we, the hobby has its fair share of skeptics, and I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it, it's, it's people care and they're passionate about the hobby and they're passionate about their cards, their collections, just as I am. But I just want to like, you know, encourage people to understand that you don't see the whole picture. You, you like Dave Bolaton, a great example. You're only seeing things through your very narrow lens. And I don't say narrow as in to insult you. I say I have a narrow lens too. We all narrow because we're only one brain and one set of eyes as individuals walking this, this planet. So, you know, collectively, and if you can expand your mind and try to try to, you know, walk in someone else's shoes and just look through a different lens, I think you can, uh, number one, I think you'll, you'll come across as just a more open-minded person, but I think it'll also help you become maybe a little happier in life if that's something that you would like to be able to do. Skeppy, go, go ahead, Steve, and then I'll, I'll move on. One, one postscript to this. Um, there's been a few people who commented that the amount of information in the detailed image and grading report uh, that they don't want it. So first of all, nobody that gets a card graded with tag that doesn't want to see that report has to look at it. It's free. The, it's free. Yeah. The fact the fact that it's available to anybody that they might sell the card to, if those people feel the same way as a buyer that this person does as a seller, they're not going to look at it either. So no harm, no foul. What this person is saying is not only that they don't want to see that data, but they don't want the buyer to know whether that card has has appropriately acknowledged all the defects. That's a person who's not saying credibly that the information has no value. What they're saying is the information is so valuable, I'm afraid if my buyer gets it. And so I would say that that's not credible. It's not good faith. Uh, if they're correct and it has no value, then the buyers won't want to see it either. 
So don't worry about it. We're not offering anything that will impact on you or your buyer. I just wanted to put that out there. Appreciate that, Steve. Uh, Skeppy says, even when Jay Lee, that's me, even when Jay Lee gets angry, he's the best. I haven't seen him change color like that since he was struggling with the spicy Pringles. Uh, you've been with me a while, Skeppy. That's a long time ago already uh, that I was eating Pringles during a late show one night. Jordan Rivers says, tag should join direct with fanatics. Hey, interesting uh, comment. Uh, there's lots of lots of things going on in the hobby right now. We have Eddie from Investacart in the audience. Eddie, good to see you. We are live, as which is his famous catchphrase. Fact sake says, if I crack your slab and resubmit the card, is it fair to say it will never get a higher grade, possibly lower due to handling it? Um, who wants to take a crack at that question? I do. Um, uh, the answer is we haven't decided what the answer is. And... Uh, uh, it's very much, it's very high on our list. Uh, we have the branding of tag and its capabilities to provide consistent grading. Uh, we have the unfortunate circumstance that somebody's victimized in the hobby and they buy a raw card that has been previously graded and they don't know it. Uh, we have the uh, situation where the card comes in and gets regraded and gets a lower grade. We have a situation where the card comes in and gets regraded and gets a higher grade. There are a lot of variables. So the questions for us that we're currently going through is which of those scenarios ends up paying, which of those scenarios gets the card back without it being slabbed, which of those scenarios gets a slab card back, uh, what grade do they get, the first grade or the, or the revised grade? Can you only get the lowest grade between the multiple times that it's been graded to disincentive the market from trying to grade shop? All of those are on the table. We're aware of the issues and uh, uh, they will be addressed soon. I think, okay, and I just want to take it one step further if I can, Steve. Can you just speak to, you know, and I know from talking to you and when I was there in discussions that, you know, one of the things that, that you're trying to solve for, that TAG is trying to solve for in the, in the hobby is that, and it came up earlier tonight, People will keep on resubmitting the same card to a specific, a certain grading company until they get the grade that they want. And I think what Faxace is really getting at with this question is, you know, will somebody be able to send a card back to, to tag over and over again until they finally get that elusive 975 or whatever the hobby ends up pegging is that elusive number? Yeah, the only way they could get a subsequent or a resubmitted 975 is if the first time they submitted the card, it was at least a 971 or a 979. So our variances are small. Um, to us, the issue is not being able to upgrade the card. Uh, it's we don't want to first, we don't want to acknowledge that that our system is not consistent. And secondly, we don't want to make money off the back of people taking the same card and paying three, four, five times to get it graded. We're, I mean, some companies love that, that resubmission revenue. I mean, it, it's, it's a dream come true. We don't want to make that money. We want to grade it once, tell you that's the grade, and we want you to be happy with the grade. We'll give you all the transparency. So there's other ways to make money than get somebody out there to keep paying you to, to grade shop. It's just not our style. Grade shop. I like that terminology for sure. For sure. Uh, how about this question from the card hobbyist says, we know not all launches are without some bumps. What does tag see as the most important service metric to hit in their first year? Is it return time? Is it consistency? Is it transparency? 
Boy, that's a tough question. Um, we, uh, we meet regularly, the management team. Uh, we have conversations every day with the developer. Um, this is part of the conversation. Uh, what are the objectives, uh, both from a, a system standpoint and from individual component standpoint? Um, the answer that I give management is the, the number one challenge is execution. Execution. And I don't care if it, if it takes X amount of time to, uh, to do it. We have plenty of capacity. Um, a lot of equipment. Uh, that's not our issue. We will get more efficient over time as far as speed goes. Um, I also tell everybody that I'm virtually certain that we'll have 50 bumps in the road when we launch. And I say, if I had to make a bet and pick the number that I think is closest, I would say 100. And I want everybody on our team to know uh, on day one, we're on high alert. We will learn something with every card that we grade and slab on day one. Uh, we're learning every day right now. Uh, we, we were here, or guys were here last night, or this morning until 3.30 in the morning. We were, we were some slabbing some cards. I don't know if we want to put one up, but just, just for the purpose of showing you the cards today. And um, uh, until, until the process is until the switch is turned on for the entire process, I can't tell you what the most critical uh, functions are. We're learning every day while we're, while we're doing this. That's part of the reveal. We're revealing some things to ourselves, to ourselves as well. Okay. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to another question here from uh, Novus. Greg, do you want to say anything on that? Yeah, I think, I think it's important. Um, just hearing you you talk to it um i i want to make sure it goes um that it's mentioned that we wouldn't have got here if we would not have already processed thousands and thousands and thousands of cards right so we're we're here nearing our launch point right not you know i, I just want to make sure nobody mischaracterizes steve's comments as like oh okay so you're just now finally getting cards through the system no cards have been going through the system by the thousands right uh, for a long time uh, at various uh, degrees of complete of completion right um so the the, the final stages um you know of this production cycle are the tagging and shipping uh, um sorry uh the slabbing and shipping aspects right um at a pretty good handle at this point on all aspects of imaging measurement grading um you know, grade output, um, slab printing, right? And it's now down to the slabbing of cards and scaling, right? All of these, uh, all of these aspects, like Steve mentioned, our big challenges, right? Uh, are not in solving for measurement and grading um, and how to scale hardware, right? It's how to scale the business. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Are we ready to move on fellows? Yeah, one, one thing, uh, Jeremy, that I didn't get a chance to uh, show or that I want to uh, show before we uh, wrap or I'm not sure what your game plan is, but um, the grading report, obviously I think most people will be accessing when they, it, when they um, scan the tag grade using their iPhone or, you know, whatever smartphone. So I just wanted to sort of give an, a little overview and uh, show that the same thing that I showed earlier 
is all available on your on your mobile device um, to be able to go in, you know, say you're at a convention or something, you just scan the card, pick it up and you can get all the data there at the tip of your fingers. That's uh, that, that presents really well. Thanks for showing that, Matthew. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. I want to go to Novus Vetus's comment here. He says, I got back an order from PSA with a number of cards not graded because it didn't meet the minimum size requirements, but all cards were pack pulled. Could this be a potential issue with tag cards? Hmm. Uh what Greg, is that something that you want to take or or not? Sure, right. Um so Clearly, a part of our solution is trim detection, right? So, um, you know, core measurement of the cards themselves have to be within a specific range and have the characteristics of a card that has been not trimmed, right? So there is a pretty fine range, right, of cards that will be accepted for grading that are below the standard size. Um, there may be exceptions in cases where, and again, I can't give away too much, where the observable aspects of where trimming has occurred, right? If those indicators are not present, right? Then there would be some consideration, I think longer term um, as to whether or not those cards are rejected. But initially, right? There's a, there's, there's a very finite range of gradable uh, card size. Okay, thank Steve, you for that comment? response. Mm -hmm. And I hope that satisfies you, uh, Novus Vetus. Fowl Fieball says, I don't grade due to the inconsistencies of the grading companies. I like what TAG is selling. Uh, Eddie says, do you think we are getting too granular with all this grading tech? Is it is too much, too much? Eddie, we, we talked about this about half an hour ago, uh, exactly that comment. And, you know, my thoughts are more information is better than less information. Right now we get pretty much zero information. So, uh, but I, I'd encourage you to rewind and, and find that part where we spoke to that specifically. Uh, Eric says, since oh, we... Uh, Jeremy, could I, could I uh, comment? Sure, um, go ahead, Steve. If you go into a 100-story building and the place you're going to is on the 60th floor, don't go up to the 100th floor and then go down to 60. Just go to 60 and forget the other 40. So if you don't like all the data that's here on the cart, don't use it. It's as simple as that. Just go to the data that you want. We make it all available free. So don't look a gift horse in the mouth. We'll give you the data. You don't want to use it, don't use it. Okay. Yeah. Picture. And as I mentioned earlier, exactly that. Uh, and Eddie, you were probably here after we were looking at the digital image and grading report, but at the top is the summary data. That might be enough for you. And that's fine. Although, Eddie, you, you lend money against cards, so I would assume that you need to know as much as you can about the cards that you are lending against. So... I would think you'd like this information, but uh, that's another discussion. Uh, Eric says, since we cannot yet get this slab in our hands, what would be the nearest comparison that is already in our hands in terms of thickness, weight, and size? That's a great question, Eric. And I um, I don't have uh, one handy. I do, um, do you have, uh, Matt, can you just show, uh, can you just show your tag slab please again? and? I can mention that it, yeah, it, it's, you can see there, and I've held it, it's very nice to, the, it, it feels great in your hand. It's, it's about the same size as the other ones. I would say it's narrower, it's thinner than, than some companies, maybe a little thicker than others in terms of just the thickness of the slab. Matt, can you turn one on its side so we can see the thickness of the slab, please? Yeah, that way. 
actually so, so it, it looks like it looks like you know other uh, manual grading companies uh, in terms of thickness and and height width anything you want to add matthew yeah i'd say um they're actually running and trying to see if there's some other uh some other company slabs that we can hold up to to show you a comparison but um you know we did i think mark mentioned on the last show we did a study and we wanted to take a study group a focus group and we wanted to find you know what are the things people like best and here are we allowed to show other yeah so you can see here's a a PSA Beckett and uh, who is this CSG? Um, actually, yeah, put yours up against it and just hold them all in a brick and let's look at the width and the put them all together if you can, Matt. Stack them and just hold them up. Uh, can you stack them on top of each other, all four, and then show us the side view of that, like like what a like a hamburger almost? Yeah. Stack all four, please, with uh, with the tag on one end. So and make sure they're flat on the bottom so they're all yeah yeah level them out hold that up sideways and which one is the tag slab please the clearest one <laughs> okay <laughs> okay and just okay. hang there you go yeah and it, i mean i don't know if you can hold tell it. on the screen but this one is a lot clearer than the others <laughs> so it's a little shorter than two of them and it seems the thickness it seems to be about the second thinnest in in depth is that right yeah i'd say so mm -hmm. angle it a little bit more toward just there stop right there right there and come down a little bit please so tag is on the far left it looks to be a little bit thicker than i think psa is behind it maybe a little thinner than that beckett slab that's a third one and then you have csg on the far right i believe um and it may be very similar to that one. They're all flat and it's shorter than the PSA slab, a little bit taller than the Beckett slab, from what I can tell. Yeah, let me let me show you this. They all um they have it's pretty cool when they stack. Oh, that's that's so that's the stackability of the tag slab. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that, that people really like. Okay, thanks, Matt. I'm going to keep on going, okay? Sure. Justin Vick says, I was worried about the concept of tech grading as far as magnification, but these guys have addressed my concerns via the NHODs, the non-human observable defects. And Justin, when I was preparing for this episode with them a night or two ago, and, and you know, it was mentioned and mentioned again today, that's what really sticks out to me as bridging that gap. So we're on the same page there. Noonan Cardboard says, if someone has a high-end card, they want it tagged, but they want it in a PSA holder because all their other cards are in PSA holders, would you tag the card and send it back raw? Steve, that's a question for you. I'm not contemplating doing that, no. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Skeppy says, are, are the cards, the tag grades, are they marked to know that you've seen it before? Do you mark the cards? You mean physically mark the cards or digitally uh, identify the cards? I, I, I think, I think the, the simple answer, Skeppy, is that no, they do not add anything to the card. They do have hmm. the fingerprinting technology to, to be able to tell if they've seen it before. Greg, simple as that? Yeah, you had the answer right. There's obviously, we would never make 
you know, apply any aspect. We wouldn't apply any changes to the card surface or anything like that. It's all done through kind of forensic uh, observation. Thank you. Richard says the main driving point of TAG is consistency, something no other grader can truly offer. Uh, Studio says you're based in the USA. How is grading from Canada going to unfold? Group submitters, et cetera. Uh, any, any insight into how international grading will roll out or do you want to save that for episode five when we talk about the future? Uh, I, the only comment I'll make is that we want to uh, be in that market. We're aware of the cross-border nature of the business. Uh, we have had discussions for well over a year uh, with people in Canada. And matter of fact, just this week, uh, received a uh, contact from somebody who uh, would like to talk to us about partnering or in some way uh, being in quote tag Canada. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll be grading Canada. I don't think we'll do it in a way that will require uh, Canadians to send their cards to uh, uh, those of us in LA. Okay, thank you. Uh, Jay Wilson, how do you plan to scale the customer base? Advertising, social, big shows. I mean, starting with Sports Cards Live, maybe I'll a little pat on the back to, to the audience and to all you guys for tuning in. Um, but uh, anything, any marketing efforts that you want to discuss? Yeah, actually, um, I think um, one thing that Steve mentioned briefly is uh, a big part of our marketing effort currently is making sure that we don't exceed take in let me say it this way we don't want to take in more cards than we're able to grade in a way that we feel is reflective of our mission statement um, so i think you know the marketing efforts will come as soon as we're ready for third-party submissions um, we have a big plan already written up for that um, but you know we want to do this in the right way and we don't want to take uh, more cards than you know makes sense we want to scale properly Appreciate that. Okay. Uh, Tony says, is Mark Cuban involved in tag? If this company was on Shark Tank, investors would be fighting over offers. <laughs> I'd like to see that. He's, he's not involved, but interestingly, we were speaking among ourselves uh, just in this past week and thought that this was a very good venture for uh, him. And if he's interested, he should contact us. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he's watching right now and we'll, and we'll reach out. <laughs> um, Teapot says, really looking forward to next Saturday's episode to see how the magic works. Love the look of the slab and the forward thinking. And I'm not surprised to hear that that is your attitude, Teapot, because you're just that kind of guy. Jay Wilson says, I feel smarter just listening to Greg speak about the tech. Yeah, I don't know if I feel smarter or stupider, Jay Wilson, but I hear what you're saying. Evan Thomas says, love the look of the slab and the energy. I can't wait to grade with tag. What era of cards would you like to receive from customers? Ideally, I believe 2000 to 2022 is the answer to that. Yes? Yes. Nodding. Good. Okay. Uh, PDX cards, amazing technology. Excited about trying out this grading service. Uh, and then uh, Jay Wilson says, right now, it is hard to beat the clarity of a CSG slab. Gareth Miller agrees the crystal clear slabs are tag slabs as clear as CSGs. Matt, how can you uh, respond to that, please? Well, I don't know if I can specifically say my opinion, but I can put them up next to each other. So which is which, sorry? The one that's blue is not ours. 
And what's what? Can you explain why it's blue? Because to me, it looks very clear. The blue one. Yeah. This when you maybe it might be the camera, but when you see this in person, uh, ours it's hard to compete with the the clarity of the material we're using. And, and we we can't speak to how anybody else does their slab. We can hold the two up, and we can tell you that in our opinion, ours is clearer, small, smaller, taller, narrower, whatever. Uh, but how they how everybody does their slabs. Uh, that, that's up to them. And, and I think it's good. I, I, you know what? Listen, I'm, I'm on the, I, I have the same sort of thoughts that Gareth here does and, and Jay Wilson in terms of I want a clear, clear slab. And um, I, I can say that when I was at the facility, I saw all the slabs together. And I don't remember sort of thinking that, that uh, you know, that the tag slab was clearer than this. I wasn't looking close enough to see that. I would say, Gareth, when the time comes, and 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 same with uh, with Jay Wilson guys, when you can put them side by side, you'll make the decision which one uh, is clearer to your to your eyesight. I suppose. <clears throat> there they are, just against each other. I mean, yeah, I love the I love the transparent flip. The no paper flip is uh that's just that. I, I just really really like that. Uh, Victor says, I love the NHOD acronym, the non-human observable uh, defect. Fact sake says, okay, I've heard enough. Shut up and take my money. Uh, Skeppy clarifies, I didn't mean physically mark the card. Yeah, they do fingerprint the cards, uh, Skeppy. They, they've mentioned that. Justin Vick would prefer to partner with Mr. Wonderful. Punt Pass Click says, have they mentioned the price to grade the card yet? As Richard says, no, they haven't. And that will be revealed, I do believe, on the final episode of this series, which will be on June the 25th. Gareth says, the tag flip looks fantastic. I like the way it lets the card be the center of attention. Right on, yeah, and I know, uh, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And <laughs> Daniel Busby says, personally, I find Steve genuine the way he's speaking about tag. I will be a customer. Do the grade jersey, do they grade jersey patch cards? So that's a great question. Do you guys, on launch grade cards and i know the answer because we talked about in episode two actually uh daniel uh so i believe i guess i'll just say the answer is at launch they're doing like the standard 35 point cards up to 55 which would be like an ultimate collection card but nothing thicker yet steve matt greg can you speak to if and when you will be grading thicker cards i know there's going to be a demand for that Greg, do you want to uh, do that? You want to postpone until next week? <laughs> no, it's it's your decision, right? It's uh, it's all about where you want to, uh, uh, you know, where the where the, you know, where the opportunity cost lies. Mm -hmm. uh, let's leave that for for next week, and uh, when we're talking about the grading system, uh, but just to not be uh, abrupt, too abrupt, uh, we're not contemplating that right now. Not on, not at the launch. Not on launch. Okay. But it's something, Daniel, I can tell you that in just having discussions, I've said, I can't wait till you guys get there. And, uh, you know, I hope that they do. Thomas Peterson says, can you comment on tags patents and the claims in the patents? Or is that more a part of episode uh, four or five, I suppose? I really like that question. Uh, as a matter of fact, I made a note to myself here. I wanted to mention something. Um, we have four existing patents, uh, 134 patent claims. 
I think our first patent was filed in 2015. I think it was ultimately awarded in 2017, and we have four total. Um, we recently filed a continuation patent uh, and a uh, new patent uh, with a combined 75 new patent claims. We're in the process of adding to those claims now. I suspect there will be over 90. Um, and the note that I made, why it had to do with patents is because earlier you or someone had mentioned uh, uh, fanatics. And um, I, I, I'm so impressed with fanatics. I, I think that everything they do, they do with an eye towards being the most prestigious, doing it the right way, uh, having an integrated plan, being true to their plan. And you can read the plan, I mean, it, it's so apparent. So their recent uh, entree into, or announced entree, it took a while to do it, I'm sure, uh, into the college, high school, uh, the non-professional athlete market, the, the NIL uh, type of transfer portal, all of that. Uh, I think they have 100 plus schools, colleges involved. Uh, I love that. In fact, we had talked about that for a long time. Not in the same way that Fanatics is doing it, but we have patent claims pending that deal with those same variety of cards. Uh, and we have patent claims pending that uh, deal with um, the aspect of how those cards get into the market. So uh, my compliments to Fanatics, I think that they're doing a wonderful job in advancing their, their business strategy as I, as I can see it. Greg, anything you'd like to add regarding patents? Yeah, thanks. I, we talked early on about um, you know, how we connected, right? Um, you know, how Steve and his team and, and DevLock connected. One of the first things that we did is we did some discovery around uh, Steve's um, um, patent portfolio. And um, I can tell you, as somebody who has authored many patents and, and been granted many patents, uh, claims on many patents, um, that we were astounded um, at the coverage of the um, of the um, both the the cover the breadth of coverage and the the type of uh, patent claims that had been granted. Right, so we we scored them kind of off the charts on patent strength. So I don't wow. I you know I kind of look at what we've done here and I don't see how you know I don't see how you could possibly get around it from a patent perspective. So let me ask a question then, Greg, like, because I think people are going to want to know, you know, there have been other companies that have come out and, and, and there, and claimed, I, I can think of three off the top of my head that claim to do, uh, whether, whether, whether the market says, or they said AI grading or automated grading or computer grading, in your opinion, you know, how, how are they, how did they fare? Like, how do they, how do they fare against the, the against these, the, the breadth of patents that you just mentioned that tag holds and and the and the related claims. Yeah, it's not really a technology question, is it? It's a matter of um, you know how, when, and where you make decisions to litigate patents, right? Um, you know, uh, there are there, there's so much out there in terms of um, redundancy and conflicting patent uh, um, data and practices. Um, so it's you know, from from kind of a third party perspective, Steve and 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 tag gradings um, 
you know, they certainly have the portfolio of claims, right, to defend their, their technology if they sought to. But the truth of the matter in the tech world is you don't necessarily have to chase down everybody that claims to have done something that you've patented, right? Um, you know, it's, it's a matter of understanding, you know, where it, it provides important implications to your business or not. Yeah, um, let me add to that, Greg, that um, we have uh, had conversations with very prestigious patent litigation, patent infringement um, uh, attorneys, and uh, we're aware of what our rights are. We're aware, we're aware of how to compute damages. We're aware of uh, what rights we might lose if we don't do something. By the way, the answer to that is zero. Uh, we, we, there's not a statute of limitations that run on the patents other than the, the patent itself. And you're limited in how many years of recovery you can get from a company that violates the patent. It's expensive to litigate the patents. And so you certainly don't go out and litigate for patent infringement against somebody who, when you win, there haven't been very many damages. So of the companies that you've already referenced to alleged to be doing something, I actually spent a couple of days looking at YouTube, up, looking up some of the videos of those companies. I still can't find any uh, image. I can hear the words, but I can't find any detail uh, that shows that what they're doing. I haven't seen defect identification, defect scoring. Um, I haven't seen how they determine uh, edge and corners and fray and surface fray and surface edge wear and surface corner wear, mm -hmm. how they measure the, the precision of the cards. So um, there is the location of defects and, and how they're identified. I haven't seen anybody who can identify a facial image, even when it's wearing a catcher's mask or it's wearing a hockey mask. I haven't seen anybody that can differentiate the facial image on a card from the facial image in the crowd. We do all that. I've seen people who say that they've developed these, this AI grading system over the last two months. And <laughs> I immediately step back and I say to myself, well, I don't need to, to do a lot of investigation on that. Okay. Uh, if there was such a character as Super Tech Man, he couldn't do this in two months. So uh, I, I, we're on top of it. I'll, I'll just tell you that. And the people who think they're getting away with something or that we're not interested in what they do, they're wrong. They're on our radar. We've already identified, we've prioritized our top three poster children of who we want to use to make our statement. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of them was among, if, if all three of them weren't among the three companies you're talking about. We know where we're going and uh, they'll, they'll hear from us at the appropriate time. They're probably in the audience right now to be him. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't ever intend to threaten anybody. I just, all I'm saying is we have patents. I'm certain they predate any patent they have. In fact, I don't think they have any patents, but even if they do, we predate them. I think our patents are well done. I've had them looked at, uh, and we do intend to always uh, defend our patents against infringement. Okay. But only when the recovery is greater than the cost. Okay. Let's uh, let let let's leave it at that. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up right away, everybody, because we're over two hours. I didn't even realize. Um, I just want to go to Wiz Collectibles comment. He says, I assume the standard for a particular set will be the same for the base cards as well as all the dozens of different color parallels. 
Uh, Greg, Matt, would one of you like to just address that comment, please? Yeah, I think I, Matt, maybe you could help me understand what he means by standard or, or Jeremy, um, the standard for a particular I set. Think, I think he's talking about like where the centering would be. Maybe um, mm. that's really all I can think of actually. Wiz, feel free to clarify, but uh, I think the simple answer, this is gonna be an obvious yes, but again, I, I don't know. It's something that I wasn't exposed to when I was there. Uh, Matt, is this something you can speak to? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what he means by standard, but maybe if he can clarify. I think he's talking about the grading standards. Yeah, I think I think yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, if it's if it's specifically about uh, how cards are graded, um, yeah, there is no yeah there is no set specific grading, right? Other than aspects that would relate to centering, right? You think about borderless cards or partially bordered cards, right? Um, you know, all of those have you know, all of those scenarios have been addressed insofar as if there is commonality in a particular set, right? Um, it could be purely, you know, based on, you know, how the cards are derived for centering, right? So if you think about TOPS 2020 cards, you know, they're not borderless, they have partial borders, right? And so in that way, uh, there is, you know, when you think about it abstractly, of course, there's a, a common centering uh, evaluation to all cards in that set that would be different than all cards in a set that are borderless, right? Um, yeah. But it's not differentiated because of the set. It's differentiated because of the information that's available in that set for making yep. the set determination. The same rules would apply to any set uh, if they provided the same information for centering. Here's here's a great way of putting it, um, I guess, Jeremy. Which is the grading system does not care about what set the card is in, right? Fair. Yeah. Okay. But but I, I guess I guess my 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 follow up question to that would be. It doesn't care, but centering is so can be so challenging uh, that it just it just assesses. Yeah, I think what, I think what you're saying, and mm -hmm. correct me for for putting words in your mouth. Uh, if, if they're inaccurate but the system doesn't care what what set the card comes from the system is going to assess the centering of each card based on that card's design and exactly. if there are parallels that share a similar design the system is going to be consistent in applying that standard to both parallels nailed it yep. nailed it awesome okay and i think for um purposes of acknowledging that we're probably not as gifted at doing this as many other people um we're doing the best we can um the companies that take two months to develop their technology somehow they figured all this out and i'll tell you we spent more than two months just on that question <laughs> just on that one question centering borderless markerless uh, cards yeah, uh, well, it's, it's something that requires attention so yeah hmm. glad so, you did that so kudos to the to the people who do it so much faster. Greg, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I was just going to say, right? If you think about, um, you know, even the history that uh, precedes Deadblock's involvement, right? This is a system that's been under development for ten years, right? So, this is a system who, you know, which um, has been constructed based on years of experimentation, even long before we uh, were involved. Right in in the development of the system and the planning and scoping and understanding what 
types of measurements were important and um, you know the the vision for the framework of how scoring uh, occurs right um, roll upgrades and you know roll upgrading of various measurements all of that stuff had been thought out over the course of many many years right deblock came in right more on the you know at the time where it's time for execution right so a lot of this you know Steve and the team you know very very intelligent right about all aspects of what was important about the greening process deblock was effectively there to um, you know, kind of effectively implement the system that they um, envisioned. Awesome. Okay. And Wiz Collectibles does confirm that I explained the question perfectly. Thank you, Wiz. I appreciate that. Um, okay. I want to go to this question from Robert Hudson. Are the slabs made in the USA? Yes. Nice. I think that's the answer that Robert's looking for. I, well, I think so. So is the mold from which the slabs are are made. Wow, even a step further. Okay, awesome. And uh, and then Jay says, anyone that invests in the sports card market needs their head examined. Jay, I don't like to tolerate insulting uh, myself and, and, and our audience, so please keep your comments to yourself because uh, I take that as an insult that I need my head examined. So uh, I'm not going to tell you that. Justin Vick says, I had my head examined. Doctors confirmed it was round. Okay, guys, thank, thank you. Uh, listen, I... Uh, I always find with with what, whoever my guest is on the show, wrapping up always takes longer than I intended to. Uh, any any so I'm going to start off by by thanking the chat, thanking the audience for all of your comments and questions, including the challenging ones. I think it's important that we flush these things out, and this is a, a this is a great platform for Tag to be able to do that. Um, I also want to uh, offer to Steve, Matthew, and Greg any final comments anything that you'd like to to leave us with and then when you're done that we will go back to the chat final comments and then i'm going to end the show so i'll, I'll put it up to to, to you Stephen matthew first i just want to say if if, you, if you're viewing your viewer now and you haven't checked out episode two um we did go over in, de in much more detail the um processes in which we allow people to submit we send out free submission kits with free supplies um, to, to really make it safe and secure. Um, we also pay for shipping. Um, so we think that it really uh, makes it a painless process to send cards in. Um, another thing we went over were the, the slabs themselves in greater detail, um, including the materials we're using, the UV curing of the data onto the flip. We went over the um, security aspects like um, on each card, we have a proof authentication seal that you can scan with your iPhone and immediately authenticate um, the slab. Um, so yeah, so check that out in episode two, if you haven't already. I think we added, um, I think we added 460 emails to our website, people who signed up. Um, so we encourage everybody and welcome everybody uh, to come to the website. Um, the, uh, we're adding content all the time. We're keeping everybody current on what's being discussed on these episodes and more information uh, with respect to that. Um, so check out the website, taggrading.com. Greg? Yeah, I would just, you know, I share your excitement, Jeremy, about seeing the solution come to market, probably for, uh, you know, slightly different reasons, right? Um, you know, as somebody who has been 
solving endless numbers of challenges to get to where we are today, right? Seeing things like a slabbed card, right? It's, it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm terrible in analogies, uh, but you know, it, you can just imagine a process that began three years ago and now seeing a, a slab card that looks as fantastic as it does and seeing the detailed grading report, right? Um, as fantastic, you know, as it is distilling, like I said, thousands of bits of information into a very digestible, you know, form. Again, hats off to the team and really excited about seeing us uh, take it into public. All right, thanks guys. Go ahead, Steve, you're gonna jump in. I was going to say that to us, uh, this is... Hold it a little bit to your right, please. All right, okay. Uh, that is like a parent looking at their baby for the first mm -hmm. time. That's what that is. That's beautiful. Well, congratulations on, on, on the birth of, of, of your baby. Uh, okay, I'm going to run through some final comments, guys. Hang tight, and then we're going to end this. David French says, I've watched about 60% of all these interviews, but I haven't heard the synopsis of what TAG does different than the rest. David, I, I just don't think I can help you. If you've been watching and you haven't picked that up, um, wa watch them again. Uh, not, not much more I can do to help you with that. Eddie says, great info tonight, guys. Good luck on your new venture. Thank you, Eddie. Frank Schneider, love the slobs and impressed with the men behind them. Can't wait. Jay Wilson says, love the episodes. Great information. The breaking point will be the cost per card. Episode will make me smile or cry. I don't have, I, I don't have much insight in that. I think you'll, I think you'll be smiling though, Jay Wilson. Justin Vick, great trilogy of episode. Can't wait for, for episode four. Thank you, uh, Justin. Todd McDonald, amazing technology. Love the look of the slabs. This is such a big step forward for the hobby. Troy is still here, says great episode. Jeremy and tag people, thanks so much for the live stream. You are welcome. Uh, Skeppy will get into supply chain in episode five. Uh, Vintage Card says some cool ideas, but like all new grading companies, I'll check back in two years before I consider using them. And that is definitely your prerogative vintage collector. Dave says uh, great rep card report looks nice and is a great is great a buyer can see what defects exist when looking at a card yeah boom exactly exactly uh and steve foley says well done as always jeremy steven group you've set the bar high thank you more thank yous from fact sakes brian adams and daniel wants to know if i'm doing an after show i am not i am still recovering so i am not doing another one at this point in time uh okay that's it, everybody. I will be back tomorrow, 7 o'clock Eastern, for Collectible Live with Tony Giese, consignment director from Heritage Auctions. I will be back again on Thursday with Jesse Craig and Adam Gray, both now of PWCC for the monthly. This will be the 12th in a row that we've covered the PWCC monthly auction. Can't wait. And then a next Saturday will be episode four when we will be getting into the actual software and hardware that grades these cards that tag uses to grade their cards dell says thanks for a great episode thank you dell and uh ryan libby how much can i buy that tiger card off you for what a beauty and lucky k appropriately ends it and says good night all all right you three hang tight right there everybody else thank you again for joining see you tomorrow see you next thursday and see you next saturday for episode four of the tag reveal have a great night, everybody. Thank you, Baz. I see your comment and this one is over. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.